0: Hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D.
1: Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America and frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos.
2: Hey friends, I'm Nay, I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. (laughs)
0: This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hi, (laughs) y'all. Welcome to episode three of Where's My Blueprint. We are over here cracking up before we even get started, right? But we are so freaking excited excited for you guys to hear our thoughts about our interview that we just did. If you haven't heard that, please and please tune in to episode two, where we had an amazing um, interview with Miss Monisha. But this episode is called Ask the Books, and I'm going to say it's called Fuck Those Books. So we're going to get right into it. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you who we are sponsored by. Do, do, do. Go, 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 sun-y-dee. go,
1: go, sanity go. Hello, our fellow <laughs> listeners. Welcome to the Where's My Blueprint podcast. Do you like that? <laughs> guys, we are sponsored today by Divine Timing, LLC. You guys can check out. Uh, Their website at fearforme.com where they will be launching really, really soon brand new uh, journals and planners for the new year. Get your lives organized to get your thoughts, your mindset, everything in order to manifest any and everything that you desire for the coming year. They have dropped a, uh, a coupon code for you guys to, to save a good old 22% in the year 2022. Okay, that's going to be WMB, Where's My Blueprint, 22 is your uh, coupon code. You can put that in at checkout, save some coins and get your life there you go
0: all right so this is your girl nakai we are going to start this out because we had so many gems like it was so freaking amazing that interview um with a quote and this quote is actually from miss monisha and it is um you are destined for greatness and leave your stamp on the earth (sighs) So that quote is very powerful, and just so excited to talk about that. So we are going to transition to our girl Nay 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 Nay, and she is going to define some stuff for us before we get into the meat of this episode.
2: Hey guys, this is Nay. So today, since our title is F the Books, we want to talk about you know what exactly that means, what that means to us, just to give you a guideline on where we're going in this podcast episode. So by F the Books, we mean reading to enhance your toolbox versus just reading to be reading. You know, there's often times where somebody's like, oh girl, you should read this book. You should read this book and you read it. And then you put it down just to say, Hey, I read it. We're not talking about that. We're talking about reading so that you can use those tools in your everyday life. So the difference between action versus inaction, we want you to put all of these things that are in those books to use. So F the books if you're not gonna put them to use that's all we're saying that's it that's all
0: that's all um, we want you to listen to this insert basically a little bit about what we were talking about
1: from the interview that Monisha said and here you go what book is like your favorite book that you've read why was it your favorite how did that influence you to continue to tackle one thing after the next after the next
3: I don't have a favorite book everything <laughs> that I do yeah no everything that I do it, it, it just who I am Like, I don't know any other way to explain it. And when people see me out here doing what it is I do, or they see me doing my thing, they're like, oh, ever since I was young, they would say, you need to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or you need to read Think and Grow Rich, and you need to read Gung Ho. And I have all these books, you guys, but I was never interested in reading them. Not ever. I probably should take the time to stop and read them, but I haven't read any of them. Not a book per se. I'm Mm -hmm. more of if I have a question, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you set this up? Or how do you run a company like this? Or I, I, I'm more, I'll Google it and read a few articles versus sit and read that book cover to cover because I feel like I have better things that I could be doing, like starting my business, you know? So um, I, I I did just say a few weeks ago though, that I was like, I'm going to sit and read some of these books. <laughs> People gift them to me all, all the time. And I'm, they're just like on my bookshelf. So I don't have any books as related to business. I just ask questions. I'm very inquisitive. I always have been. I just take the information that I get from anyone that I think is smarter than me or someone that I deem successful. I'm like, okay, they're out there doing what I want to do. And so I just ask questions. But anytime I ask questions, I make sure that I take notes because anytime somebody is providing you with any kind of wisdom, them uh, on whatever the subject, you want to be mindful to not have them repeat themselves because Mm -hmm. their time is precious.
0: Okay. Now that y'all heard that powerful segment from... In the previous interview we're gonna get into it let's talk about this right like what do y'all think um Sunny D and Nay about F the books like are y'all readers are y'all not are y'all like man
2: like her like F these book is all about action what do y'all thought So, oh, I know personally I am a romance junkie don't add me I don't care about feminism feminism means we can wear whatever we want to it sure does so I, I love reading, however, comma, caveat. I read nonfiction, well, fiction, because my life is enough. Like, I don't need the nonfiction. Give me, give me the drama. Give me the suspense. Give me the fantasy. Give me all of that.
1: I have, I've got this from my mother. I'm pretty sure it's hereditary to have a house full of books. My mother, no judgment, was on the romance train, for quite some time before she got saved. And now it's a different set of books, but that's beside the point. But she has a whole like shell of books in her office. I mean, her house is full of books. And I've noticed I've started to collect and do the things plus every other conversation we have is, ooh, babe, I need you to read this book. And I'm like, I literally am in the middle of 18 books right now is gonna have to wait. Uh, I got on the Audible train, okay? Cause choo-choo, that's how I consume what I need to consume in books. I do like a good, you know, flip the physical page but I will buy the physical book and listen to the audiobook at the same time. So I'm not reading the same sentence or paragraph over and over again, because I have a very short attention span. Um, as far as reading the books, I do find myself reading books and trying to gain all this information and trying to gain all this insight and never really fully feeling prepared enough to take actual action to solve whatever problem I'm reading the book for. You know what I mean? And it's like, I need I need more. Okay, now I have a question about this and I need to do more research. And next thing I know, it's been six. months and I've been trying to read this book for a whoever knows how long and I haven't done anything to solve the very problem or the reason why I picked up the book in the first place. So when she said that, that was really mind-blowing to me personally because I'm like, dang, I know for a fact I could count probably close to 10 books that I'm currently in the midst of reading as opposed to actually putting some of those guidelines or principles or something into actionable change. Whether that's a mindset thing, whether that's about meditation, whether that's about getting these coins right, whether um, that's about fitness, health, weight loss, any of those things has always been kind of an interesting dance between me and, and this information. For her to, to not be a books person and to have the wealth of knowledge that she does, to not have a book that she can go back to and like, this is what changed my life. That was like, wow, to me. Mm-hmm. Right? That was wild to me, too. I know for me, I
0: think I'm a mix of both. I am a reader and I love reading, but I am about that action. I am more of like, okay, if I'm reading, I'm reading for, okay, what is the one thing I can take out of this book that I can implement now? And so I know everybody is like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And for me, it was a good book. Like, it really was. It changed my mindset on that book because that then sparked a lot of more, a lot more questions that I actually had about, well, why is this? Why don't we know? Why is it that in our culture, we're so far behind, right? But then I think of the other book, uh, Thinking Grown Rich, which most people are like, read this book, it's going to change your life. And I did read the book and I'm like, now I'm just thinking, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> so when yeah. she said... <laughs> When she said, F the books and be about that action. I mean, I love that because, like, yes, you can read the books, but if you're at one, I think I took it as if you're getting the information and you're just being an information whore, that's one thing. But if you're getting the information, and even if it's just that one gem and you implement that, then that's a difference. But also, there's so many different ways to ingest information podcasts right now, right? Like, podcasts are like hot. Yeah. right now with podcasting I even think like I love there's four podcasts that I really love that I gain. I gained so much information from and like I get so many gems and it's like oh okay well okay I listened to you for an hour okay what what one thing that I can take away from that to actually go implement to see what I can do
1: yeah definitely oh, yeah. so that's that's a good I think helpful hint for me personally and maybe for even some of the listeners that are into books and that read or even not even books but like articles or or consume some other type of means of information to just take find something useful that you can take and you can implement right then and there or like within the next 24 hours or something like that. And those little steps, those little actionable movements will can continue to move you towards what it is that you're working for. And it may be not laser speed, you know, you're not going to get there faster than the speed of light, but you're closer than where you were the day before Mm -hmm. because you took two steps forward. You know what I mean? And it may seem like a long feat and I mean, walking across the Sahara, I don't have plans to do that but is it possible? Yeah. You do one foot in front of the other and hopefully have some water. A lot of water. A lot of water. Okay. All right, Nay, tell
2: me what your thoughts were. So, my thoughts are typically, unless it's podcast related, I am a romance novel reader. Unless it's something that I honestly need to read. And with that, I kind of understand her because if I'm reading and it's something to do professionally or to better myself, then I am going to put forth those actionable items to implement it in my everyday life. Typically, I really don't read nonfiction for fun. (laughs) There is always a purpose. I agree with that. Like she said, if you're just going to read all these books, then, and not put the action before it, behind it, what are you doing? Because time is something that you can never get back. Like you, it's a gift that you just give away. So I'm, I'm unfamiliar with these people who just read and kind of like knowledge hoards. You don't share it. You don't give it away. You don't implement it. You just have all of this knowledge inside of you collecting dust and taking up space. So yeah, F these books if you ain't going to put it to use, if you're not going to share or anything else don't do it watch tv (laughs) that's real it's so funny you say that because i do have
0: um a friend that is a and i'm gonna say acquaintance that is a um knowledge whore this person reads and reads and reads and reads and takes classes and not just classes i mean like she he that person will draw like (laughs) (laughs)
2: Politically correct in 2021. <laughs> no, Them. I'm not Them. trying to abandon anyone,
0: but that person or said person will um, drop money on class after class after class. And not just like these small type of classes. Like I'm talking about like, you're taking classes for like 2,500, 3,000 and Ooh, you're getting well, all you of That's this like information, it. but you're not moving. You're not implementing it. But if you ask said person, oh, do you know anything about blah, 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 crap? Yes, I know this, this, and this, and this, and you should do that. You should do that and do that but it's like whoa 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 whoa. What have you done? Because like you said, if you're not taking or doing something with this information, you're being selfish and, and it's just inactivity.
2: I pregunta, is this person also like me? Like I am resident Google. I have a lot of information, but it comes out in everyday conversation when the need arises and when the situation permits. Are they like that? No. Okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <But> no. <laughs>
1: no not not at all all, we all know of someone or we know someone who absorbs an obscene amount of information but seemingly doesn't do anything with it aside from being the person that knows stuff you know what i mean like i work with some of these people (laughs) where they know things and they know anytime there's a conversation um, there's a conversation happening and They've inserted themselves and they know all this wealth information. And it's like, A, why are you here? B, why are you here? <laughs> like, what what do you if you know how to do XYZ, especially XYZ that you can monetize, then that part. Why is you always complaining about your pockets? Get out of my face. I can't. I can't. I cannot do it. Okay. If you know all these other means of being able to make an income, why are you not doing that?
2: because the underlying issue that americans face is not hypertension it is not obesity it's laziness people don't want to do the work she just dropped a jam dropped the jam this should be some sort of like
0: sparkly sounds but i just i i know i cannot sing and i never said i could would not even be anywhere on america's got talent any of that however nay just dropped the gym and i hope you all got that
1: i hope you picked it up and put it in your pocket man
0: not no we don't want them putting anything in the pocket because it's gonna be lazy do
2: something
1: take it to the bank do (laughs) appraise it put it in a ring do something with this gym okay
2: girl i thought you said praise it i was like are we gonna get the church liturgical dances sorry (laughs) way my brain works oh my god lord help us jesus we need it
0: girl i feel like
1: laughing that hard is a workout it (laughs) is girl talk about abs okay you never realize how many muscles in your body you use until one of them is sore
2: (laughs) girl (laughs) or the way they're all connected
1: every single one (laughs) every single one go figure right
0: um my (laughs) thought also was When we are transitioning into, of course, this thing that we call adulthood, right? And as adults, we are learning so many things. Uh, Sunny D, you said something earlier about like you have all this information and just knowledge and. You don't like you work with someone who has all this information, and knowledge, but they don't do. And I think of like, well, when we grow up, we grow up in a school system that and I can't say everybody, but for most Americans, <clears throat> we grow up in a school system that teaches us to be employees. They teach us to sit for eight hours listening and listening, and listening, trying to digest all of this information without telling or giving action steps. Quote, unquote, your action step is your homework. But the homework to me was kind of like, ugh. I can do this either. I can do it in class or I'm gonna get, some, get the answers from somebody. Not actual learning, right? Because learning don't is, in don't my mind. opinion, is when you do, huh? No cheating on the podcast. <laughs> um, but the learning is um, when you actually, do. like you have to experience something to really learn how to do it. And then once you learn it, you then go through trials and errors of how to make it better, how to be better. So I think this whole entire system that was set up is basically setting people up to be lazy.
1: We, that's, that's all that we've known is to sit and consume information. And at what point do we truly learn how to implement said information for longer than passing the test? They give us information and we have seven, eight classes where all of it is just absorption for this, that, and the third and then you go to college, maybe some of some people do, some people don't, where you do the same thing and you take a bunch of classes and you absorb a bunch of knowledge just so you can pass exams and get this piece of paper with a seal on it that says you spent several thousand dollars to obtain it then then you have to go out and then like do it but there's no from my experience no instructions on how to go do it and seeing people who are where you are or who have been where you are and are where you want to be and so you can have an actual example of how to do xyz because I didn't really have that because y'all All are here teaching me, and I ain't trying to be here. I'm trying to be over there. How do I get over there? You no, know,
0: it's funny that you say that. It's funny that you say that because I think of like, um, you know, how somebody, I heard this quote a long time ago, business teachers or whatever. Most people who have an MBA, they teach, they don't do. Or like the people who are teaching you to get an MBA, they don't run businesses. They don't have the time. Because if you look at Jeff Bezos, Jeff <laughs> like, Bezos ain't teaching nobody how to be, get an MBA. He will tell you, get your ass up, get out there, do the work, put the time in. Don't be lazy. Do the work every fucking day until you get to where you are yeah you can go to school if you need to go to school but my opinion is go to I'm not gonna lie I do have a degree so I'm not like downing school or whatever but learning what I know now I may have pivoted a lot of things right same so if I was gonna be a neurosurgeon I need you to go to school <laughs> I need you to understand why
1: all of our healthcare workers to please get that degree certification for all the things I think the quote is I think I know the quote you're talking about, but I think it applies to teaching in general, which is those that can't do teach. I think that's what the quote is or something like that. Thank you for that correction. which was all over the place. Which makes a lot of sense too, because with the exception of one, granted, I also have a degree, not downing higher education. However, comma, like Nakai said, if I knew then what I know now, eh, if I went back to school, I may have done, I may have had a different course of study. I'll say that. Um, but I did, I do remember I did have one professor that missed a lot of class because she was out actually doing the Duke, do, right? I have a degree in performance theater and I had one professor that missed a lot of classes because she was out on audition or she had booked a roles on such and such. It was the one and only professor I had that was actually doing the Duke. Do. But for the grand course of my education, of let me see 12 years of school five years of college 17 years of education only one person was doing something that's crazy Next.
2: so guys that quote was george bernard shaw his the quote is those who can do those who can't teach and it is from the 1905 stage play man in superman thank you look at all that research
1: leave it to the arts to give us the the quote <laughs> <laughs> that we're talking about
0: What would you say is, I guess what I'm trying to ask, like, what would you say is if you could tell anybody to do something before like transitioning into adulthood, or maybe that is reading a book, maybe it's like F that book, what would you give? What advice would you give?
2: I would
1: probably give the advice of, especially if you guys are young, like 20s, late teens, still in high school, early college age-ish, you guys are so young. Right. That you have, God willing, the time on your hands to actually do something and fuck it up, learn from it and do something different versus being as opposed Mm -hmm. to being older and learning those lessons very late in life. And you have way more responsibility. There's way more risk. There's way more life to consider. When you're young, you have that opportunity, usually, generally speaking, to be able to do. So you find something that you like, you find something that you're interested in, and you want to learn more about it, and then you can go and implement it and see what happens and see what comes of it. If it doesn't work for you, great. Now you know that that's not a thing that's interested, that you're interested in, or that works for you, you can pivot and do something else. Or you're, great, now that you found something that works... Now you can start putting in that work and paying those dues early, cashing those experience checks early. That's going to set you up by the time you're in your mid thirties. Because now you've had, what, depending on age, a good decade of experience versus, you know, some of us are, are learning to pivot. <laughs> cough, cough, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And it's definitely more difficult to do when you've spent more time just absorbing the information.
2: Yeah, yeah, Ms. Nay. I totally agree. As the resident mommy of... Of the three of us, my husband and I, we are advocating for our little one to take a gap year in between high school and college or higher learning. And I know typically in the Black community or working class community or people of color community, we look at gap years as something rich white people do just to blow steam and everything else, but we don't look at it as, and I'm going to preface this by saying some college scholarship do require that you attend. In college, right after high school. That is the stipulation on some. However, not all, and college is not for everybody. So, what is the harm in taking a year? to do something that you feel you have an interest in and do an apprenticeship, do a do some kind of practicum, do some kind of on the job learning, like interning, volunteering to see, is this a situation where my interests really lie? Because let's be honest, most of us don't have a job in what our degree is in college because we've wasted those first five, 10 even years doing what we thought we were gonna do And turned out when we got that degree, we got that first job, we hate it. So you've wasted that time when a simple year or two could have let you know, "Mm, this isn't for me. So to bring it back, we're proponents of gap years. We're proponents of not everybody has to go to college. If you want to do some kind of technical job, go for it. Like as long as you get some kind of additional schooling, learning, teaching to work on your skills in the job, do it. So I guess that's how I feel feel about things like I feel like practicums internship gap years time to really explore your wants and desires are beneficial so you can put that work in you can see where in- your interest lies and you can see what's gonna make you money so yeah. I just want to say again you dropping gems um uh- <laughs>
1: Yep. because yep.
0: my takeaway from what you said is one experience beats degrees all day that. every day and people don't realize that Mm-mm. like people go in oh I have a master's I have a doctor's but do you have experience do you have experience to do this do you have some type of some type of knowledge on the job work not training but work right not theoretical because,
2: job but actual job the actual job one and because ladies, um no go ahead I was going to say it's <laughs> something to be said about before we just got into the technology age where you know we want to tout these degrees and everything else it's something to be said about decades before your parents or your grandparents working from the ground up in jobs and being there for 50 years but starting from mopping the floors to now they're in charge of a group or they're in executive positions because they got all of that experience reading a book can't tell you how to do stuff because there's often some safety things that you might run into sometimes what's on that piece of paper is not practical so yeah there is something to be said about experience but unfortunately you can't get that experience a lot of time unless you have that degree in that paper so when you said that work
0: uh, ground up that sparked i am going to get this wrong and i apologize but there was a story that came out a long long ago time ago about a janitor who worked at, who makes the Cheetos, the hot Cheetos, Fritos, whatever company I know that exactly is. who uh, you're who talking makes about. makes the hot Cheetos,
2: you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I know exactly the story yeah,
0: you're talking about. Um, yes, you're about to get it for me. Thank you, boo. <laughs> um, yes, but ma'am. there was a janitor, okay, there was a janitor who basically was a janitor in this huge company, but he worked and understood market research. He worked and understood what was missing in this company. So he took a Initiative and actually was talking to the CEO and was like, "Hey, you know, you guys should probably do some like spicy stuff or like hot stuff because you're missing a whole entire target, right? A target audience." They did that. Do you know this man is a millionaire? On top of that, do you know without him we would not have Hot Cheetos? Do you understand what (laughs) amazing Hot Cheetos are? I mean, I know not. I know Janet Jackson don't even know what that is because you don't even go to um, you know um, gas store. However, if you've ever had hot Cheetos or Takis or something like that, they are amazing. So without this man taking initiative to actually one, he was already in the company. He was not a huge um, like CEO or CFO or anything like that. But he saw what he was doing. He added the word ah, value. Value was added. And now he is a fucking millionaire. Think about that. Oh my gosh. I'm just like in awe when she said that that was the first thing that popped into my head about that. So um, I think she's pulling um, that information up. And then also I wanted to say something else about taking risk. This guy took a risk because the CEO could have been like, you're a janitor. Don't talk to me. But kudos to that CEO who was like, hey, no, tell me your idea. I'm open to it. Like, how can we expand? Goes back to one, the CEO has to be a good CEO (laughs) to be able to hear from everyone in the company right Mm -hmm. um but also for this man i'm just like so excited because um, because one i lost my train of thought but um i'm gonna let nay go ahead and say
2: what she's about to say so unfortunately we all have been hoodwinked by you know hollywood in the story urban legend was that a richard montez Montanez I know I'm mispronouncing that name so forgive me Richard but he did start out from a plant worker to being the director focused on marketing However, he did not create the Flaming Hot Cheeto. The Flaming Hots were actually created by a team of hot shot snack food professionals starting in the 1989 corporate offices of Frito-Lay suburbs in Plano, Texas. And that is according to the Los Angeles Times. So while we do credit uh, Mr. Richard for inventing the Flaming Hot, he did not do it. Is Is he a millionaire though? Oh, he got that money. He can loan you $5. Oh, great. Okay. As she- long as he- as long as he got a check oh he got
1: checks <laughs> as long as he got cut a check because i can tell you you can go ahead and give somebody a good idea and they'll take that home like it didn't come from you right because
2: he did move from the ground floor to a director in marketing so he he got money yeah. he got money okay he got some recognition he didn't he didn't create it he actually began taking credit for it two decades after they were invented and began because of that, they had to launch an investigation in 2018, and it determined that he 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 didn't do that. This took a turn.
1: You know what?
0: Let me let me
1: rephrase it. this. this a no, um, We have
0: spitting facts because we have expert. we actually um I don't want to say expert because when you say that people think lawsuit. So <laughs> let me rephrase this. We are able to communicate these things and these are our thoughts. So um what we are going to say is that if Frito-Lay or Mr. Richard is listening to this, <laughs> like Richard, little Richard, that we were trying to give a positive spin, but you know, the truth is the truth. So we don't want no
2: lawsuit thank you boo the fact we remains somebody
1: says something and now we got hot cheetos
2: moral of the story <laughs> but we also are a podcast that values integrity in ourselves and others so we admit when we're wrong
0: that we Word. do that we do um <laughs> but i do want to ask y'all another question about like how do you find what you're in- interested in because i know you said earlier nay about you know most people go to school and they don't do what they are actually what they actually went to school for and i feel like i'm the outlier in that right like what i went to school for i'm actually i actually went to school for what i did and i'm doing it did it and now i'm transitioning out of it so i know i am probably an outlier. However, How did you find, or how would you advise somebody to find what's interesting? Because I definitely believe in a gap year. I definitely believe in that. I have a little sister that is like my heart. And like with her, she was going between of like, should she go to school? Should she go to the military? What should she do? And so we did, I sat down with her and we did a, what in my mind is called like re-engineered her life of like, okay, if you want to be this, if you want this career, okay, what does that look like? How much would you make? Okay. What would you be doing? What is the realistic idea or realistic um, reality of this position? Okay. Now back this up. How would you get there? Right. Okay. And then we compared that to what actually do you want your life to look like at this age or at this age? Okay. Well, do those two compare? No, they don't. Okay. Well, let's redo this again. So she is now into a different specialty, I should say, but, you know, having people like that in your life is valuable, but not everyone has that. So how would you tell our audience? Especially if we have audience members who have children who aren't in college yet or are still in high school trying to figure out things like that, how would you tell them to actually go out and find something that you're interested in?
2: Because the schools don't teach it. I feel like people, even subconsciously, walk in where their talent lies, what they're gifted in. I feel like you automatically are drawn to that. Even if you can't conceptualize it, even if you can't like quite put it into words, I feel like you, you walk in That. So just what do you like to do? Like when you have free time, what do you want to do all the time? And once you identify that, possibly getting a mentor or even so simple as volunteering. Put your your time, which you can't get back, into things that might not bring you financial gains initially, but that might give you soul fulfillment if that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what about
1: you, Sunny D? I mean, I absolutely agree. I remember, I remember Clears day when I was freshman year of high school. And, you know, you have to take your, your core classes and your math and your history and sciences and things like that. And then you may have to do like, well, you're required to do like an elective. And I wanted to go ahead and knock that elective out early, like get that one credit and be done with it or whatever. And I remember, and I took theater. And I had one specific assignment. I think we all had to memorize a monologue. And I remember doing that monologue and not realizing it because all the lights are on stage. So I can't see the audience. Uh, You know, everybody claps when you're done or whatever. But after the lights went off or the house lights came back on, everybody's standing up like full standing ovation. And it was weird how it clicked that I'm going to school for that. Like immediately, that's at least for me, that's when I knew that I want to be in some sort of performance, some sort of art, some sort of creative i Space. So I absolutely agree with Nan when she said that I think you naturally will walk in whatever your um whatever you're synced with in life. And that may happen like it happened with me at 14. It may not happen to some people until they're 35. It may not happen to your 50. But just doing those things that bring you joy, doing the things that make you feel good, volunteering, like she said, which even though, no, you may not get any sort of monetary compensation, what you do get is experience and experience will get you paid. So you have have on your resume, you know, by the time you're 20 that you volunteered every holiday season in shelters or things like that. And you're wanting to get into some sort of, I don't know, case management type of job. I can't think of what the word is at the moment. I'm getting a blank. Anyways, it'll come to me when I'm not thinking about it, but you can put that on your resume as experience that you've had experience on the ground floor doing X, Y, Z, that they can now, you can now monetize in some way, shape or form. You know what I mean? And I'm kind of the opposite of Nakai because I knew at 14 what I was going to get my degree in on my undergrad. I hadn't, there was no question. I didn't go through the whole, well, you know, couple years of, of college where you don't really know what you're going to take. So you're just going to take your basis because you know, you got have that. And then you'll figure it out. Mm -mm. I knew that at 14, what I was getting that degree in. It wasn't going to change. I'm not deviating from the plan at all. Then I got this degree. Well, life happened. (laughs) Hello? Life happened uh i got this degree and now i'm like now what what do i do with this (laughs) and i have a creative degree mind you so like where can i go immediately in my town mind you i'm not in your your big two i'm not in la i'm not in new york i'm in the south that's not atlanta so where am i gonna go easily right now to make some coins so life happens and you kind of have to pivot and things like that but i feel like innately there will always be a part of me that like gravitates towards that if i ever get the opportunity to get back on the stage it's going to feel like home to me Makai, what about you honey bunny
0: i would probably give everybody the same advice i gave my little sister is use your network use your network use your network use your network meaning my little one wanted to do different things okay well what do you want to do you want to be a PT. Okay. I have access to PTs. Let's go, let's go follow them. You want to be an OT. Okay. I have access to them. Sorry. If you don't know what those are it's physical therapists, occupational therapists. And so I was like, I have access to them. Let me set up where you can train and like shadow them for a certain amount of time. Right. So if you, especially if they are so young, like how Sunny D said earlier, if y'all are in high school and, um, younger, or even in your twenties, use your network. You don't know who knows who that could at least get you. They may not be able to get you the position, but they can get you a foot in the door. Side note, if somebody gives you the opportunity to have a foot in the door, don't fuck it up. We'll talk about that later because I feel triggered when I said that because I did that to somebody. And, and I say that because when you get older and that what I'm learning through adulting is your name and your reputation will precede you. So protect that and protect because you are going protect that as best. Um, but I would tell everyone to really use your network. Like if you know your son or daughter or anybody your one of our audience members want to be a doctor, reach out to them and say, hey, can I do an information? informational interview with you. Hey, can I talk to you for a little bit? And you don't even have to talk to the actual head doctor. Start asking like um, physical uh, physician assistants, nurses, like really start to go. But it also goes back to what she said is F the book, take action. Because if you're not taking action, meaning doing something, doing the work, and I'm going to pivot and say, the Bible says all things. I forgot what the Bible says.
2: (laughs) Wow. Wow. The Bible also says that, but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that.
0: But the Bible says, "I can do all things through Christ." Right? Not saying I can think all things. I can read. I will ponder. It says, "Do." The definition of "do" is do. So out there, do, do something, do the work, do, do, do. Ha <laughs> ha! Like do do.
2: No. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, do do. The Bible but also no. says oh, faith I'll, without works is dead. Hello. Ooh. Preach it. Uh, say, say that preach. again. Say that again. So in the good book of the Holy Bible, mm. James 14 through 26, I'm paraphrase. And it says somewhere in there, oh, verse 17, thus also faith by itself. Mm. If it does not have works, mm. it's dead. Dead. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go one more. I'm going to go one more. And 18 says, but someone will say you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Mm,
1: mm.
2: Studio audience, mm. to clap on that. Mm. That's what it said.
1: Mm-hmm. We to put in an organ. Mm, that was good.
0: That was real good. And
1: oh, ooh! I mean, that's real. That is, that is real. real
0: talk. And it goes for anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I even think of like hesitant to say this example because you know if people know you, your personal
2: people know you. <laughs> they were like, "Why are you put me on blast?" It's life, man. Life, life. Um, life no, the question is, why are you tell on yourself? Hello? Your shut, right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna say, you know, back in the day when I was young and I'm not a kid anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, no name university. Um, <laughs> it starts with the N, so Sunny D knows.
1: When I was at no no <laughs> I think about you every time I pass by that too. Yeah,
0: yeah, when I was at No Name University, I remember this, my, I had one, I had two friends, one that was a hairstylist and the other one, I don't really know what she did, but the one who was a hairstylist was always, like she would always do my hair. We were roommates, right? And Mm -hmm. so the beauty of that was she knew, she found her gift. She knew what she was going to do and she did it. She was doing hair like crazy. Now, this girl is one of the largest hairstylists Hairstylist out there. Like this girl slays hair like none other. Why? Because she did something she took a risk and her risk was she knew she college wasn't for her but she knew cosmetology was so she pivoted in the mm-hmm. middle everybody was like well why are you gonna do that why are you gonna do that she believed so much in herself and had the faith put the work in and now and this girl is making I don't know how much but I know she's doing extremely well because she is teaching and she's doing celebrity hair this girl's freaking amazing then the other friend I all I can say is it was more of like oh well, I don't have the access oh well I don't know how to do this well so what are you doing I'm like boo what is you doing like get your life together and you can say that when you're in college but the only thing I'm gonna say is you got to look at time time you oh somebody said this uh time will either expose you or promote you ooh. and it promoted one of my <laughs> friends it
2: exposed the other ooh.
0: that's good
2: but, but I think also underlying all of those gems that you just dropped is also a message on grace mm. <laughs> you have to give yourself grace That's and true. know yeah. that just because you're interested in something just because you know you may have an innate ability to do something it's not always going to succeed and sometimes you will have failures but those are just teachable moments but also give other people the grace because, Nakai, like you said, you know, somebody gave you a chance. You didn't take advantage of it like you should have, but they still need to give you grace because you are young. Like everybody's mindset isn't out the womb. I'm going to make the most of every opportunity. I'm going to do everything that I need to do. Like we're still growing and we're still learning. So you need to have a little bit of grace for yourself and others. Yeah,
1: definitely grace and being patient with yourself and sometimes recognizing what you need as far as education isn't always out of a classroom Mm. you know like it's some people aren't built like like we said earlier some people aren't built to go to school but doing you know cosmetology as opposed to going to like college that's what that's what was needed for that person you know what I mean and being able to go into work or an apprenticeship and learning from the ground up that's what some people need and I also think it's it's something to say about being in a mental position to recognize when an opportunity is in front of you you know what I mean because yeah it's great if you get to talk to people who are either doing what you want to do or can get you into a room that would benefit you or whatever but if you yourself don't recognize what it is when it's in your face you will always miss it I tell that to people at work all the time like I know our day-to-day gets can be a little monotonous and it can very much be routine but there are so many opportunities in what we do that the ones that even don't look like their opportunities in some instances pay off the most if you're willing to see them for what they are and not for what everybody tells you it is when it shows up
2: girl you better sprinkle them gems all on through here now sprinkle them like salt bags
1: sprinkle 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 but that's real though like honestly sometimes you don't recognize um and it may be timing it may be just just your personal journey and growth within yourself and being able to recognize that or what have you but yeah it's it's if that's if that's something you're wanting to increase in your life something that you're wanting to become better at because one of the things that I meditate on often is and I ask this constantly in my walk with the Lord and all that kind of stuff to allow me to be aware and to recognize the steps that you need me to take next like you know people say like send me a sign like yeah that's all great but if you don't recognize a sign when it's in front of you then it's pointless yeah you know what I mean like be you you need a specific vision and it's not just like manifesting and forecasting casting you just you need to it's, it's this that third eye right there that vision needs to be in sync he said write the vision make it plain and make, make it plain, plain. write That's it down and make it plain. Really on that. listen there's a lot of that <clears throat> because it can be it's applicable to anything
0: yeah no man speechless so right now but no you have a lot of gems like um and i wrote down one of like you got to recognize when an opportunity is in front of you what i'm learning through my my adulthood or this transition into adulthood i can't say transition because I'm adult, um, I mean legally. What I, <laughs> <adult-ish>. <laughs> um, but what I have learned is that it's not—it's another piece to that. Not just recognizing it, but being prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Because you can have a million-dollar opportunity, and it doesn't have to be a million dollars. I just said that, but you can have a life-changing opportunity presented to you, but you haven't done the prep work. So TD Jake said this, and I love it. And he said, "A gift given too soon is a curse because mm, mm. i can't give you something you're not prepared for meaning i can't and i'm gonna quote td Jackson quote if i give i don't have a child yet but if i have if i give for instance nay's um son the keys to my car <laughs> he's not old enough to drive my car not that's quite. a real I'll try now Oh, That's he's going right. to try. <laughs> he's going to try. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now I have put him in a situation that can endanger his life, right? But if I take it back and wait till he's 15, 16, where he's old enough to understand what I have just given him. Mm. And now he's able to handle that responsibility. Mm. So I think about the preparation before it too, because you can all you can have an opportunity, but if you're not, like I said, if you're not prepared for it, not just prepared like, oh, I know the work, but mentally mentally, because there's a mental shift that's going to happen when you get that opportunity.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a mental shift when you step into your purpose. And I don't think you can mm-hmm. be in that space if you aren't prepared mentally for it. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like this is just a personal experience because I am a woman of faith and I have a strengthening relationship with God. So this is just my this is this is the lens in which I'm coming at this particular thing. But like I don't think that God would give me anything that I'm not ready for. And if I jump the gun, that's when I F it up. That's when things go to shit, so to speak, because I am not being patient and I'm not ready and I'm not in a mental space to be self-aware enough to recognize that this is not the right time. And those things, those times where things happen, and it seems like it happens so quickly, and it seems like things happen effortlessly, because that's the right time. And things kind of are more in sync. I don't hesitate. I don't have to question. I don't have any sort of, so to speak, anxiety like a mofo. But- that's just me. Mm. No,
0: you said something and I think of what um, my aunt said because with everything that's like going on in this season of my life right now, she gave me such a gem of like, because I asked her the same thing of like, well, how do I know this is from God? Like, how do I know? Who's going to tell me? I don't see no sign. Um, but she said, when it's from God, you're at peace. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. when it's from God.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, when it's from God, there's no hesitation. When she said that to me for the situation I'm in I was like damn it okay well let me go back and do some journaling and reflect right and I was able to pinpoint the actual decision that made me that was I was hesitant on taking but I took it anyway which then did a whole entire domino effect of consequence after consequence after consequence of taking that decision because like what you said Sonny D I did not listen not just to him but I thought I was right and what he was saying was like, oh, he was co-signing. Like I signed it, and you my co-sign. Like I I need you, but I don't need you, right? But that was a, believe me, lesson learned. Yeah, Even
1: they tend 100%. they tend to smack us in the face with them lessons sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, right I in the thyroid.
0: Punched. I got punched.
2: Right Girl, the circular like lessons. That's what gets me them circular ones because you <laughs> don't experience something until you learn that lesson. I mean, how many times you got to fail a test? Hell, a million if you're me apparently for me a lot <laughs> you
1: know hmm. several times i yeah. passed that quiz that was a pop quiz i was not ready like mm. lord wait a minute not ready for so adulting and f them books huh girl I mean, sometimes you do just got to put the one foot in front of the other and move, start moving. And if that doesn't take you to where you need to go, then change directions and go somewhere else. But you cannot stop. You cannot be stagnant. You cannot be content with being where you are. And you can't not be content with being where you are, but then not do anything to change it that part like that's I mean that's legitimate insanity well
2: then you're a complainer and a negative Nancy and don't nobody want to be around well there
1: are some people that do some people like that type of stuff I'm not one of those people I can't handle it like my molecules in my body will start to to tick I get the itching I can't be around people Mm -hmm. like that unfortunately I work with some of these people and they're in my office and I can't get rid of them because I don't have the authority to fire folks however comma best believe I can't Keep my crystals on me because I don't have time. Okay, I mean Jonathan mcrennell said, "Deliver us from people."
0: <laughs> go ahead, Jonathan. Hello. Hey, you know, we need a hey. If y'all know Jonathan, go ahead and slide him into um our uh, DM on Instagram. Our Instagram is where is my podcast? I mean, where is my Blueprint
3: Pod? <laughs> where <is> my <laughs>
2: That's too. Sometimes. I don't know where it is.
0: Sometimes, <laughs> um, because we have some personal questions for him. So, um, yeah, and <laughs> to our momentum moment elimination. elimination,
1: elimination. So you guys, I don't know how many of you guys are on the Bird app, uh, which is what I like to call Twitter, but you can also find this on the Huffington Post website. I think it's just HuffPost.com. They just posted on the 9th, an article, it was like an essay, actually, written by a lady named Miriam Zintar. I hope I am pronouncing that last name correctly. Um, And please
2: that December 9th, 2021.
1: I hope I am not butchering that name. I don't think that I am, but- You'd be surprised. Anyways, so she is a white, a Black woman that is a white presenting woman. So for those of you that don't know this, essentially what that means is she has two Black parents. Mom and dad are both Black, but they both have white ancestry. And her, both of her parents are African-American presenting, right? They look, they have all the characteristics of um, being Black people in America. But those white recessive genes from ancestors were passed on to her. So she's like blondish hair, is very light skin. she's blue. So in my opinion, to non-Black people, she presents as white. And there's a picture of her as part of this article. There's also a picture of her on their uh, Twitter post about it. And I personally see these African-American features. What you
2: said, because I did too. I see them. Uh, really? Yes. I absolutely Girl, see the knows. features. I see they the features. That Black people know. I,
1: I see they're very distinct. And I think Black people in general, not all, apparently, but Black people in general can <laughs> see some of these features. But to non-Black people, she presents as a white woman. And so she writes her experience. With this neighbor as she was gardening, them and their level of comfortability coming to her and essentially asking about her Black Lives Matter flag that she has visible to, to said neighbor. And essentially was saying something I'm paraphrasing, you guys can read it in the essay, something along the lines of, like, why do you have that flag? Because all, all they do is kill people. Like, all they do is kill each other. And she was kind of taken aback by that. Like, you do know I'm Black, right? But she doesn't look like it to this person. So they go in this back and forth, like, no. She's like, yeah. She's like, nah, I, I am. I'm very very much black woman and it just poses a question of why and how and not even just in in the instances that she presents as white not that she passes as white mind you this is different she is not living her life as a white woman she just looks white to non-black people okay so they take their own assumptions and feel comfortable saying some real off-the-wall shit and i feel like that's something that i think a lot of black people experience whether that be in the Workplace, whether that be in the grocery store with friends that they've known or went to school with or what have you, where you know these white people, you encounter them day to day life or whatever. And for some reason, they feel like you're different than the others, quote unquote. And they feel comfortable enough with you to say some dumbass shit. Okay. We're just going to call that what it is to say some really off the wall stuff. I've absolutely had coworkers. I've absolutely had people I went to school with. Who don't think that I? I'm not like black, black, whatever that is. Can that's not a thing, okay? That's not a thing. People, non-melanated people that happen to be listening because you're nosy. That's not a thing to be black, black. People are just black. It's fine. But I've absolutely had people tell me I'm not like them or whatever. I enunciate my words just because I just I, that's how I learned how to speak. Although a lot of that has slacked nowadays because honestly, I don't have I don't have any sort of shame in using AAVE or which is a language by the way. That's a conversation for another day. But anyway. It's. I just find it really interesting and the ladies can chime in. Please do if you've experienced this, which I'm pretty sure that you have. Had people feel comfortable enough with you because you don't fall into the stereotype that they have in their mind of Black people and they say just some really off-the-wall shit.
2: Does that happen to y'all? Most definitely. I feel like sometimes people confuse things that are, they confuse cultures. So there's a difference between things that are culturally black and while we are not a monolith that there are some shared experiences with black people but then there's also things that are culturally lower class culturally lower socioeconomic level culturally southern culturally all these other things but for some reason we lump black people with the bottom of the bottom in everything so if you do speak with the good king's english or the good queen's english Mm -hmm. or if you don't have experiences of living in government housing or getting government funding, not that there's anything wrong with that. But if you don't have that experience, people look at you like, well, you're not Black because they only view Blackness through what they see on TV, through what they see on Real Housewives, through what they see on Love and Hip Hop. That is not everyone's experience. So when you come at them with an experience that's either different or quiet as is kept similar to their experience, then they want to downgrade you. So yes. I've, yeah. I've had that, especially coming from a smaller southern city in the bluegrass state. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I've had that experience actually um out where we are. Um, I don't think I've had it a lot when I was in the southern part of the world. But no, a coworker and I were going for a walk one day. And and I'm gonna say co-worker, ex coworker, um, was going for a walk one day and she was just talking and talking and talking, and then all of a sudden, granted, I am black and she was not black um but she was not white and had nerve to say like oh we were talking about something she was like yeah well you know my niggas be doing this and this and this <laughs> excuse me mm. what, what did you re- re- repeat that Run that back and then again said it again like it was just <laughs> I have the right to say this too let me tell you what I did because I was on a job and I just started this job you know as a black woman you may or may know we have to do what we call a lot of code switching right a lot so I politely educated her on that word continued to ask her how does she have the audacity to say that word but why do you feel comfortable saying that word with me and she said oh because we're black bitch you're not black no you're not (laughs) um what I would say and I said well how do you define that you're black oh because you know we all come from the hood where where did you assume that I came from a hood because the color of my skin is equal to what your perception is of black people. I said, okay, well, first of all, that is incorrect. And then um I continue to talk with her to understand her mindset because I do feel like sometimes people, it's not that people are intentionally doing stuff. It could be that they just don't know. Because unfortunately some people are just ignorant, right? But mm-hmm. if you do it multiple times, now you're now you're testing my gangster, right? So after that conversation, she proceeds to tell me that oh well, I have a lot of friends that are Mexican and Samoans and from what people tell me that Samoans are less than black people so they all like grow up together and they all say niggas together and I was like first and foremost what's not going to happen is you're going to belittle Samoans you're not belittling Mexicans and you're definitely not belittling black people because you assume that or in your world we're less than no baby we built this shit like you would not have America without us for free well it wasn't free (laughs) we had we lost a lot of lives right Um, but when she said that I was like oh so then I had to continue to work with her right so I went to the supervisor and said I'm not working with her you need to figure it out we won't be in a team and I'm not working with her I will not be in a meeting with her and I we we need to figure this out supervisor's like well what's going on what's happening of course I had a white supervisor so it's either hit or miss when something like this happened luckily I was blessed and I'm gonna say God was in this situation um because when I spoke with my immediate lead my immediate lead is you <laughs> of latino descent and she took action she was the one who got the supervisor the whole it was like a whole entire upline automatically involved like within three hours right do i know this Um, person you do you know i didn't know if it Um, was before my time and so nah it was during your time (laughs) (laughs) whole entire up like a whole entire thing but what they did to continue to make sure that i quote unquote felt comfortable was we never they took her off my team so we never worked together and they basically separated us and um like even now it's so interesting that i know she's friends with another friend we have a mutual friend that's black and i'm definitely want to be like bitch do you know sh- this is what she think of you but my whole entire thing is they may have a different interaction and relationship where that never came up so is it my position to say like girl i don't think you should hang out with her because this isn't this and, this and it's like no because you she may not have never offended you that way right mm-hmm. so that's one incident the other one was um oh this one's gonna be a little emotional so I'm gonna make this really really quick um, with everything with like George Floyd and how all of those all the lives that we lost in our culture for no reason at all honestly so all those innocent lives that were lost I actually talked to the supervisor about this and then we spearheaded a whole entire like diversity training and all of that but during our conversation she said something that I was like what she was like oh I don't, it was something of like, uh, she was like, oh, I don't see color. And I said, well, you don't see me. And she was like, well, what do you mean? I just see you. I just see Nikai. Nikai you're just so fun, but you don't see me because for you to say you don't see color, that means you don't see middle Eastern people. You don't see Mexican people. You don't see any person that has any or any pigmentation in their skin. Right. And the funny thing is, y'all, yeah. this lady is not white. So th- to say that, and I'm like, what? And then she asked me, she was like, well, what do you see when you see me oh I see a beautiful strong latina lady like I see you I see what you're doing and I see what you're doing for your culture what do you mean and she was just like well you know what I mean <laughs> no I don't I know don't. What you mean. Don't. no we're not gonna play this off like it's um oh it's okay let's not be mad I don't want to offend a mad black woman and I'm like I'm not mad I'm correcting you Hold it's on. a hot,
2: big diff- hot, hot. she said what
1: <laughs> y'all if y'all could see Sunny D's face right now <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm ready to fight. What did she
0: say? She said, no, no, no. She did not say not offend the mad black woman. She did not I say that. Okay. That okay. would have been a different conversation and I'm sure I would have I was left. gonna say you
2: sound that really ass. effing calm right now. No, no, no. And, and I know that's what I'm pissed. I am pissed. I mean, but sometimes we need to be offended. Like we need to, you know, get some offense thrown around there, because sometimes that's what it takes for people to get real. Like mm-hmm. we deal with these false senses of stability and everything, but you offend people, you know, where you stand and where they stand. That part. Let's offend more people. That whole
1: time was just really Oof. rough. I know there were many very interesting conversations at my job during Oof. last summer of 2020 when everything is going on. Yeah. And I was definitely sighing a lot of these people. I'm like granted, the, the majority of the people that I worked with at that time were all melanated and some form or fashion, they weren't black, but they weren't white, so that was definitely a interesting time
2: because people don't know the difference between race, you know the
1: beauty of that nationality yeah. coming soon and ethnicity.
2: Get mm-hmm. a
1: dictionary, okay. I'm done.
2: Because you know, technically race is a social construct, but if we are mm-hmm. dealing in this social construct, it is a binary, meaning there's only two, there's two, mm-hmm. no, no, <laughs> two. <laughs> you talking like that's why Nakai Oh Girl almost had me on her level when she said that we both in words Mm -hmm. because I was like if she identifies as black then it's still disrespectful but (laughs) that reminds me I clearly am not a
1: negro because I'm from the (laughs) birds. if if that's if that's the defining like catalyst for being black is being from the hood I am not so now I don't know what to do with myself well that makes it that makes all three of us right like yeah I mean, wh- where, where did you get that information from? Where? How sway? B-E-T, that part. <laughs> but if you know,
0: if, ugh, I was about to, I was about to blast her name. If you know this chick, she's dingy. Like dingy is an understatement of what she is. She, you know, okay, y'all, y'all know the person where y'all meet or whatever, or y'all quote unquote, y'all know y'all not friends, but they're just there and they just like quote unquote, feel like they have no filter and they just say shit. Yes. And then yes afterwards and you're like okay why why would you say that what point were you trying to make with this and I want to say it's similar to like Karen's, but it's worse. She's worse
1: than a Karen. What's worse than a Karen? Her. What do we What do we call that? I saw somewhere there were like hierarchies to Karenisms. I feel like <laughs> there was a Susan in there. Or... I'm gonna look that up. What was I about to say? What is it like Susan? I feel like I heard a Susan, I, but I think they were. I think they were in categories based on age. Hmm.
2: Becky, Karen, and Susan. Becky, Karen, and
1: Susan. That's what they call. Them. So heading back to. Um, um, wrapping up this episode y'all like
0: thank y'all so much for hanging out with us and I, before we um wrap up I do want to say we are um ending our sponsorship with the amazing beautiful if you guys need help with creating your workshop redefining your self-love self-worth and self-belief we are sponsored by a company called sure Refinements. again that's called sure s-u-r-e refinements and if you use that same code that sunny d came up earlier is wmb 22, you will be getting 20% off. So that, and then we are going to go ahead and end you with an affirmation for the week. And that affirmation is get your pins ready. I will put action behind my goals, dreams every day this week. And that can mean you can just do thirty minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever you feel that you need to do to get to where you want to be in life. But um, we're all gonna say thank you and head out on this episode. And please, please, please subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on IG and Twitter at. <laughs> so
2: follow us on IG and Twitter at. Where's my blueprint pod? Yeah,
0: over and we out. I really want that sound. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>